This morning, I have uh, entitled this message, it's the, the third part in our Taking Your City for Christ. And if I could, I'm just going to review real quickly what we've been through the last couple weeks. Those of you who maybe missed a week in between here, I'll get you caught up real quickly. Um, remember Hezekiah, he tore down the high places. He uh, tore down the astra poles and, and the things that actually maybe even were of good, but they had become uh, idols before the people. He opened the doors of the temple. He reestablished the temple worship. He cut off the enemy's supply. He cut off wherever the enemy was going to try to come in. And they bound together. They, ba- they bound themselves together, and that way the Lord could use what they were going to do. In the last week, I talked about in 2 Kings chapter 18, 23, it says, Come now, make a bargain with me, with my master. The enemy always wants to have you make a bargain with him. He always wants to give you his best deal. And Luke 21, 26 says, Men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And I talked about those, those things about fear. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Remember we talked about what a sound mind is. It's not just means you're, you don't have your wits about you. It means a self-disciplined mind. Those are the fi- those, three fire ex- those three fear extinguishers. Self-disciplined mind. Number two, love. And number three, power. So those are the three things that God's given us to overcome fear. So tonight, to this morning, where I want to begin is in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 7. And it says there, Be strong and courageous. Now this, this, this little term right here, strong and courageous, is a Hebrew term and it's rock kazak. Be strong and and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria or the vast army with him, for there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of the flesh, but with us the Lord our God to help us and to help fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, had said. Now, what I want you to understand this morning is in my own life, there is a big chasm between where I, I want to be and where I am. Where the Word of God talks about how I'm supposed to live and how I live. Now, I'm not talking about sin. I'm just not talking about not being able to be in that place where He says, listen, here's the things that you will do. These signs and wonders will follow those that believe. In fact, Jesus said that greater things that you would do in My name. Now, we're beginning to see that even here. The miracles that are happening. Kathy, you know, all all, all over the place. We're beginning to see God beginning to stir. And and, and God's beginning to do a work. I believe I've seen more miracles in two weeks here than I have in three years. You know, in, in preaching the last three years. Even though I have seen, but it's just the miraculous right in front of us. So quickly, it amazes me. So this morning... As I was praying this week over the church and over the grounds, the Lord had shown me, He said, I want you to do something in the physical, Greg. Because every physical thing we do carries a spiritual manifestation. See, when you raise your hands before God, Something happens in the spirit realm. When you clap your hands before the Lord, the Bible says 
Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. When we do those, when we do those physical acts, something breaks in the spiritual realm. And this morning, I'm opening the doors because I want to let the Holy Spirit know He is welcome. Just like Hezekiah, he opened the doors. He said, listen, your spirit can once again dwell. Now, I'm not saying that he hasn't been here, but I'm saying I want to renew and I want to restore that which this place was destined to be. I want through these rafters, I want the praises of God to ring. I want the Spirit of God to freely flow in this house. So this physical act that I'm doing this morning is to say, Holy Spirit... Have your way. Move me out of the way, whatever it takes for you to come into this place. Once again, in the power and in the spirit that you once said that this place would hold. Now, Daryl's going to close those doors in a little bit, and I don't want you guys to think he's trying to shut something out. I don't, I don't want you guys to get hot, but I wanted you to know. I, I just felt this week as I was praying over these pla- as this place, the Lord said, open those doors. Open those doors and let the Spirit of God once again come in and just freely have His way. I will give you the spiritual torque, the spiritual horsepower, the greater power that you need in this hour. See, the enemy only has the arm of the flesh. But we have the arm of God if we get into where God's going. This morning... I want you to remember again the Assyrian nation, how big this was. Remember I told you about this last week. How great and vast this this army and this nation was. And how small Jerusalem is in comparison to this. This army had overtaken everything. And now they were at the, the, the gates of Jerusalem. And in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 37, it says, Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, and Shebna the secretary, and Joha, son of Asaph the recorder, went to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him what the field commander had said. Remember I told you last week what the enemy was saying. The enemy was giving all these mocking things. Who do you think you are in this day and age? Who do you think you are? The king of Syria can overtake you in one breath. Where are all these other nations that once thought that they could stand up to this? He says, who do you think you are? These three came back to Hezekiah with their clothes torn. Hezekiah. When Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes and he put on sackcloth and he went into the temple of the Lord. He said, Eliakim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the secretary, and the leading priest, all wearing sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. He sent them to, to the, the prophet Isaiah after he had tore his robe. He told the priest, put on sackcloth. I want you guys to get prepared for repentance, he was saying. Because God wants to do something. But the only way it's going to come about, every move of God has always been preceded by repentance for people. A call to repentance always precedes the move of God. Think about it. Before Jesus came, John the Baptist was preaching a gospel of repentance. In Joel chapter 2, he said before this outpouring of Joel chapter 2 that we would once, one day see, he said that there would be a call to repentance. Nehemiah, man of God, 
He said, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before God, the God of heaven. Now I'm going to tell you, this is a, this is a godly man. This is Nehemiah. When, when he saw what was going on in the land of Israel, he wasn't there in this time of Hezekiah. But when, he's, when, when the, the presence of God came in, this is what happened to him. Daniel, another great man of God. The Bible says, so I turned to the Lord and I pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Now I want you to know today, torn clothing can be just something of an outward showing. Yes, I agree with you. Crying, weeping, all these things, they can just be a showing. But if they are done from the heart, when the Spirit of God quickens it to us, there's something that happens once again in the spiritual realm. There are two things that have to happen with repentance. An internal change of the mind and the heart. It cannot be just a mere sorrow for sin or mere improvement of behavior. See, sometimes we will just, we will change our behavior because, oh, that's what we're supposed to do. The preacher said that. No. It's got to be from inside. It's got to be something that wells up within you. If you have never felt that before, then you need to get on your knees and say, God, show me what that looks like. Take me to that place of once again where I can cry out to you. The first meaning of the Greek word behind repent is this. Batanio. It points in two directions. The last part, noio, refers to the mind and its thoughts and its perceptions and its dispositions and its purposes. The first part of that word, meta, is a prefix that regularly means movement or change. What am I saying here? So the basic meaning of the word repent is to experience a change of mind's perceptions and dispositions and purposes, a complete turning. Not just a, a coming into a, a behavior. See, that's the difference. See, a lot of people, when you talk about repentance, they go, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just change and I'll conform. No, that's not the idea. The idea is that something within you, deep within you, causes you to turn in a completely different, different direction because the Spirit of God has quickened it to you. Jesus said it like this in Luke 3.8. He says, Produce fruit... In keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. What was he telling him? He said, listen, you, you guys think that it's all okay. You think that you, because you're Pharisees and Sadducees, they were sons of Abraham. It doesn't matter what. It, it doesn't, you, you can, who are you to talk about to, uh, uh, us to that way? He's saying, listen, I don't, it doesn't matter who you are. He says, listen, if repentance has really changed you, it will produce fruit that's going to come up. Produce, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. He says it again in in Luke 3.11. He says, whoever has two tunics, he gives them the example of what it looks like when somebody truly changes. When somebody has two tunics to share with them who has none and whoever has food is to do likewise. What he's saying is when when you truly have repented, something is going to change. Your attitude is going to change. But how you act is going to change. Repentance. 
is not new deeds, but it is an inward change that bears the fruit of new deeds. Jesus is demanding that we experience this inward change, which is transformation. Joel chapter 2 He reiterates this idea. He says, even now, Joel 2.12, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Mm -hmm. See, he doesn't want just an outward display. He wants it from inside. Even in the Old Testament, did you know that there was times that God said, listen, I'm not interested in your sacrifice. I'm not interested in the bulls, the things that I, the very things that I told you would bring repentance and would bring you to to the place of of wholeness with me. He says, I don't even want to hear of it because you know why? Your heart hasn't changed. What I'm telling you today is we can do religious things, but if there hasn't been a change, it means nothing. It's fruitless. You might as well go out in the world and be the very best sinner. Did he just say that? I'm telling you that. I I would say that. You know what? If you're not going to truly live this life out the way way God's called us to do it, you know what? You might as well go. Because you know what? You're headed the same place. You're going the same direction. You might as well live it up and have a good time. Because why just live this life through all this fruitlessness that goes nowhere? Hezekiah, his officers came in with torn clothes, symbolic of what God wanted to do. He tore his clothes. He had those around him tear their clothes. He called the priest to put on sackcloth. Think about Jonah. He went to Nineveh reluctantly. They're not going to repent. He preaches the message. They turned. The king says, not only you people do you put on sackcloth and ashes and fast and pray. Your animals are going to fast and pray. That's a pretty serious fast. Your dogs, your horses, they're going to fast with you. This morning, I'm going to play a short video. This is David Wilkerson, his call to anguish. There's a great difference between anguish and concern. Concern is something that you, the biggest interest do. You take an interest in a project or a cause or a concern or a need. I want to tell you something I've learned over all my years, 50 years of preaching. If it is not born in anguish, if it has not been born by the Holy Spirit, where when you saw and heard of the ruin, it drove you to your knees, took you down into a baptism of anguish where you began to pray and seek God. I know now. Oh my God, do I know it. Until I'm in agony. Until I have been anguished over it. And all our projects, all our ministries, everything we do, Where are the Sunday school teachers that weep over kids they know are not hearing and they're going to hell? You see, a true prayer life begins at the place of anguish. You see, if you you set your heart to pray, God's going to come and start sharing His heart with you. 
Your heart begins to cry out, Oh God, your name is being blasphemed. The Holy Spirit's being mocked. The enemy is out trying to destroy the testimony of the Lord's faithfulness and something has to be done. There's going to be no renewal, no revival, no awakening until we're willing to let Him once again break us. Folks, it's getting late and it's getting serious. Please don't tell me. Don't tell me you're concerned when you're spending hours in front of internet or television. Come on. Lord, there's some need to get this altar and confess. I am not what I was. I am not where I'm supposed to be. God, I don't have your heart or your burden. I've been, I wanted it easy. I just want to be happy. But Lord, true joy comes. True joy comes out of anguish. There's nothing of the flesh will give you joy. I don't care how much money, I don't care what kind of new house there is. Absolutely nothing physical could give you joy. It's only what is accomplished by the Holy Spirit when you obey Him and take on His heart. Build the walls around your family. Build the walls around your own heart. Make you strong and impregnable against the enemy. God, that's what we desire. That's what we need in our hearts, in our lives. Today you may say to me, Greg, I'm not a bad sinner. I'm not a bad person. I'm reminded of myself about the times that I have slumbered before God, that I've been asleep and not awake to what He wants to do, to His heart. And I think to myself, who during those times did I lead astray? Who during those times when I was asleep at the wheel that I'm responsible for? Me. That is a call to repentance for me right there. How about when I wasn't on fire? When I wasn't walking in my first love. See, here's the thing. As a church, as people, as a community, as a nation, men of old understood that we're connected. That if my nation's in sin, guess what? I'm in sin. If my community's in sin, then I'm in sin. Men of old, Daniel and Nehemiah, they understood that if my church is in sin, my nation of Israel is in sin, I'm in sin. Lord, I repent for them. I repent for me. I call out to you. See, this morning, what I want you to understand is it's in this place when you really get God's heart, when you really understand who He is and what He wants to do and what He wants to see happen and accomplished, is that it's in that hour, it's in that place, the joy wells up. Because you're fulfilling what God wants to do. Not just with acts, not just with ministry, but with my life. 
I pour my life out. God, whatever it looks like, it begins with repentance. You say this morning, well, I don't think I've done anything wrong, Greg. You get close enough to God. You get close enough to the Lord and I will guarantee you the Holy Spirit will show you there are areas. See, as we get closer to the light, all the imperfections come out. All those character flaws. All those things that we have hidden and pushed down. Like Sarah said, Lord, you wanted to do something in me. I'm not happy about the situation that caused me this pain. But I know what you're doing in me. You want me to learn how to forgive. Because you told me that if I don't forgive, you can't forgive me. Oh Lord, that's painful. No, that's the word of God. 2 Kings 19, 14. Hezekiah received a letter from the messengers and he read it and then he went up to the temple of the Lord and he spread it out before the Lord and Hezekiah prayed to the Lord the Lord God of Israel enthroned between the cherubim he took this before the Lord you see this Lord this is what the enemy is saying to me right now this is what the enemy is saying he's going to do here's my petition God I'm crying out to you. I'm at the altar. This altar, I said last week, this altar is, is, is needs to be a place where we have wore out our knees in front of it. This, this carpet right here should be wore out because we've spent so much time. This, this, this altar should be full of salt because of the tears that we've shed over the lives that are lost. 150,000 people died and went to hell today. Did we even bat an eye to that? Yesterday, tomorrow. Does it bother us? Do we even think a thought about it? Or do we just go on about our life? He made a petition. He made a demand on the anointing of God. He said, perhaps you'll act on my behalf. God, here you see my situation. The Assyrian army's at my door. I'm putting myself in position. I'm standing in the gap between the problem... And who the solution is. That's what intercession is. That's what God is calling all of us. Interceding on behalf of our city, our nation, our church, our family. Placing our hand on God. Grabbing a hold of God. Placing our hand on the situation. And saying, okay God, here I am. I'm standing in the middle of this. I'm asking for you to intervene. I'm asking for you to interject yourself into this situation and do what only you can do. The Assyrian army is much greater. Remember what the army, the army officer said, I'll give you guys horses if you even have enough riders to put on them. They had no army to go out against the enemy. The sovereignty of God says this, He does as He chooses. He is only restricted by His own measures that He imposes upon Himself. If God has said He will do this thing, 
then we can make that demand on the anointing of God and say, yes, God. All right, I take a hold of what you said you're going to do. That's what Daniel did. When they were getting ready to go back to, to, the, to the land of Israel, remember they were in Babylon. He said, okay, I calculated the years. Seventy years is up. Okay, I'm going to begin to pray now. God, listen, you said that you were going to take us back. You said that you were going to do... God, see, God loves to be reminded. I don't have the scripture right now, but God loves to be reminded. He loves to be pestered with the things that He has said He will do. He's asking us for, to petition Him and say, God, in our prayers, say, God, will you do this? You said it. You said you were going to do this, God. Here's the time. Here I am. I'm available. I'm putting myself in position. See, we want to operate with God's heart. As we pray, God gives us His heart. You say, well, God's sovereign. Yes, He is. But as we get on our knees before God, we spend time in the secret place with Him. He shares His heart with us. And guess what? Now you can pray with authority and power. Why is that? Because I know what he just said. See, remember the Bible says in Hebrews, it says, Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain. Now, a lot of people like to go, oh, well, he just, he just spoke that. No, if you go back to the, the book of Kings, the Bible says that the Lord came to Elijah, and he said, it's not going to rain. See, the Lord had already told Elijah that all he was was the messenger of what God had just said. See, that's how our prayers operate. That's how our petition operates. God, didn't you say that by your stripes we are healed? Okay, I'm going to grab onto that. Well, what if it doesn't happen? It doesn't matter if it doesn't happen. I'm going to hold on to the promise. He said it would happen. So I'm going to pray, even if I, on, the, on my dying bed, I'm going to still be praying that. God, no matter what it takes, I'm praying that you're going to heal. We've seen it in our midst. We've seen him swoop through all, all over this building. He's healed individuals already. David wanted to build a temple. It was a good thing. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, he says, Here I am in this fine house, and the ark of God is sitting in a temple. Now I want you to think about this just for a minute. He wanted to do a good thing. He wanted to do a God thing. Who, who else would? Yeah. If we live in a nice wooded home, why shouldn't God at least dwell in a place, a, a wooded shelter? That would, that would make sense. God says, no. David, you're not going to build that. See, when we get God's heart, even if we think sometimes we're doing good things, they can still not be what God wants us to do. We have to be so sensitive. Lord, I've got to hear from you on this. What is it that you're saying? Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me. How do you find that? In prayer and petition before God. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 28 says, He tells of the king of Assyria, the Lord says this, I will put my hook in his nose and my bit in his mouth. And I will make him return the way he came. See, when we understand who God really is, there is nothing outside of his scope. There is, he's not up there wringing his hands because Obama's the president. Oh my goodness, did you see what happened down there, Michael? He's not worried about that. It's, he's still in control. 
and we become the blessing and benefactor of it. 2 Kings 19.29, the next verse says, This year you will eat what grows by itself, and the second year what springs from that. But in the third year, sow and reap. Plant vineyards and eat fruit. Once more, a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. How will this happen, he says? The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. So don't busy yourselves with Christian things, religious things. See, pastors can easily get caught up in all the religious affairs and things that we're supposed to do. Do what God wants you to accomplish and you will have success. What He is pointing us towards, the path that He is directing us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. He ends like this. 2 Kings 19.32 Isaiah tells Hezekiah that the king of Assyria he will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way he came, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city and save it for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. I told you last week, we ended it with what God did in verse 35, how 185,000 of the Assyrian army woke up the next morning, were dead. God is looking for opportunity to inject Himself into the physical. If we will get ourselves in position. People have been praying for revival in Springville for years. I know one lady that's been praying for 50 years. She's 90 years old. She's been praying and praying. I want you to know the time is right. God's saying, I'm about to do something in your midst that you have never seen before. Your very name, Springville. I'm going to spring up. I'm going to do something only I can do. We get to be a part of it. As Bill Johnson likes to say, the Lord shows up and I get to be in the room when He shows up. Today, this morning, the prayer of my heart is this, that we would do these things that Hezekiah laid out for us. That we would prepare our hearts. That we would get ourselves in position for God, whatever God wants to do in this hour. Whatever God wants to do in our church. It starts right here with us. God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. God, forgive me for maybe just being lax. Being sleepy. Slumbering. Awaken me from the dead, Lord. Do in me what you want to do in this hour. Lord, over my church, over my city, awaken us. Awaken us to the Spirit of God. I want you to know that as we pray, there's nothing wrong with you speaking out and saying, I agree. 
When you hear somebody praying something, and even like this morning as, as Connie was praying over these situations, in your spirit you can say yes, but you, it's okay even if you wanted to say it out. I come into agreement with that. Yes. Yes, God. Lord, did you hear that? Did you hear what she just said? Did you hear what he just said? Yes. There's something about coming into agreement together. Our prayers and petitions become powerful and effective. And then we become the benefactors of God's blessing. I don't do it for the blessing. It's just the benefit of knowing Him. This morning, just if you would stand with me. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true, change my heart, oh God, may I be like you, you are the Heavenly Father, this morning, God, I pray that you'd make this word alive to us. Lord, I know it's not the popular message of today, of fun, grace, freedom. It's a message, God, that brings the presence of God, though. It's the message this morning, God, that will change our hearts. Lord, I thank you. As we leave this morning, I just want to, I know maybe it's something you guys haven't done in a long time, but I want to open this altar and just say, you know what, if there's something that you just need to say, God, 
okay. I've, I've slipped up. Or, Lord, I repent of just being asleep. I'm going to tell you right now, as we get close to him, he will continually show us. This morning, if you want to come to this altar, I'm just going to open it up. spend some time here at the altar this morning I'm going to let you consider yourself dismissed but I am going to ask that you would take any conversation outside and just and if you need to just maybe kneel right there where you're at in your own pew God start something new in us today